You're listening to Forward the Hamlet, a brand new Dulwich Hamlet podcast. In this pilot episode, we reflect on the 2013-14 season. Gavin Rose gives his thoughts on what went right and wrong. Peter Brabound Erhan Ostuma looks back on two extraordinary years at the club. And Nyron Clunis talks us through his award-winning goal of the season. I also spoke to Mishy Marath and Richard Watts about the explosion in Dulwich's support. And Richard also talks about the football played at Champion Hill last year and remembers the playmakers that preceded Oztuma. Finally, Andy Thomas is on hand with end-of-year evaluations of some of the players. Much of this was recorded at the end-of-season awards when it was assumed Oztuma was going to Luton Town. The move to Luton fell apart, I'm told, when a scan revealed an extra bone in his foot. This is presumably the secret to his brilliance, but Luton thought it was too risky a move, and as a result, he's gone a league better and ended up at Peterborough United. So please make the replacement in your minds when you hear Luton Town. Shortly, I'll tell you ways in which you can support the show. But first, manager Gavin Rose. So Gavin, another great season in some ways, but ending a bit of disappointment. How do you see the season as a whole? Uh, Good for the football club because we established ourselves in the the Roman Premier. So um, good for the football club. Um, We're a little bit more talked about now uh, currently everyone knows about the history of the football club but um, obviously it's new generations and now new generations are starting to talk about the club so in that respect I'd say it's been a good year obviously on the playing side um, in terms of us going up or getting in the playoffs slight disappointment only because of the way the season started and we started really well Um, we were there or thereabouts at the top of the league up until March Um, so the nature of our season um, really made it seem like a disappointment. Uh, if we'd started the season and ended up six with a slow curve there, I think everyone would have been delighted with that, you know. So um, hindsight's a great thing and I think with hindsight now, two weeks after, you know, we've had a good season. I presume you've learnt a lot from the season. Uh, can you kind of pinpoint what went wrong maybe and what maybe will be different next year? Possibly squad depth. It was unfortunate this year as well with injuries. We we had four wingers. Um, obviously, you wouldn't play all four at the same time, but we had four wingers who were there really to really play 60, 70 minutes and then the other two would come on and really hurt teams. But we never really had them all together at one time in the season. Probably maybe one week in the whole season we had them all together. Um, so the way we based our team this year, we wasn't really able to activate the way we wanted it. It was shaped up. So things like that really did play a little bit of a... Uh, part in, in how we done. Um, it's a strong league, and I didn't think I don't think uh, there's outstanding teams in the league. I think there's a lot of teams that can beat each other, as it proved this year. There wasn't anyone who was unbelievable. I think Wollstone had a little bit more experience, and they at a time they capitalised when uh, a lot of teams uh, <clears throat> were playing games and losing, and they weren't playing, and the, the, the picture got better and better for them whilst they weren't even playing. You know, so uh, yeah. Um, Erhan has played two great seasons for the club. He was the uh, fans and the players uh, player of the year tonight. Uh, a word on him? Excellent, excellent young player. Uh, excellent young man. Uh, very impressive. Uh, very um, dedicated to his sport. Very um, polite, honest. Always wants to listen and learn. Um, 
His popularity isn't because he's good at football. His popularity because he's a good person. Uh, he's, he's not above anything. He's not above anyone. He's very much one of the people. He's very grounded. Um, I've known him since he's 15 years of age. He's not changed his personality. Not grown either. Uh, yeah, I think he might have grown an inch, possibly. Um, but yeah, we wish him all the best um, going to his new challenge at Luton. Um, and given the right opportunities, we're sure that he'll do well at 11 as well. Your Player of the Season award went to Nairon Clonis. He's been a credit. I mean, he's come from our academy. He was with us at 15 years of age as well. Uh, he played in the first team at 17 first. Um, he's now 22. Um, he had a very strong season this year, but overall his commitment to the club for, for five years, for one so young, it's hard to get that sort of reliability from people that young, but uh, 200 games plus is an amazing achievement and I thought because he had a strong season, it was more than, more than worthy. This podcast needs your support. We need to pay for hosting, equipment, our advert in the Dulwich programme and a few other things. You can help fund the show by using the Amazon link on forwardthehamlet.com whenever you shop on Amazon and by asking your family and friends to do the same. Another way to support the show is to buy a t-shirt. There are many available, including DHFC in the New York hardcore style, the Forward the Hamlet logo, and one that says Nouveau, the meaning of which will be revealed later in the show for those in the dark. T-shirts are available from forwardthehamlet.spreadshirt.co.uk or by clicking on the link on forwardthehamlet.com. Coming up, is Nairon Clunis, but first, for the last time, Erhan Azuma. Erhan, you just had to put two awards down. Uh, <laughs> players Player of the Year and Fans Player of the Year. A big honour. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's brilliant. Obviously, last year I got the same, this year I got the same, so it means a lot. Obviously, the fans love me, and obviously the players like what they saw, and, and um, I thank both of them. Yeah, well, we thank you, man. It's uh, it's been two incredible seasons. I mean, it, it's rare that anyone's had two seasons and put themselves right up there in uh, Dulwich Hamlet Legends. I mean, how did you feel? Well, what did you expect when you arrived at Dulwich, and how did you feel it's gone? Um, obviously, um, when I first came, I was I, w- I wasn't expecting it. I was I was more of a assist guy, you know. I would I was normally um, what five ten goals a season, but get assists. But um, Gavin was like, look, I want you to score goals this year, and blah blah blah. So I went out there first season, scored 28 goals, and that was incredible. We won the league, was made it even better. And then um, this year, um, Gav said just do the same thing again, and I've, I've beat it. I scored 33 goals this year, and like it's incredible. Like obviously I've improved as a player, as a man, and um, yeah, it's been brilliant. And you're on your way to Luton now. Uh, what are you expecting from League Two? League uh, football. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I'm I'm happy to be um, going back to a, a pro team. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's a two or three leagues up, so it's going to be a challenge. But uh, you know, I think I'm up for it, and um, I've heard good things, so um, you know, it's I'm excited. 28 goals last year, 33 this year, moving up a league. Mm-hmm. So that a league two terms, 50 goals, 60. <laughs> what are we looking at? Um, I don't know. Like you know, obviously I don't. Um, at the beginning of the season, I don't say I'm going to score 20 goals. I'm going to say, but I, I just go out there every game. I give it all, all that I've got, and. Um, you know, uh, hopefully I can just carry it on, you know, uh, obviously the fans love me here, hopefully I can get the uh, Luton fans to love me there, and I know they've got um, a big crowd, so um, hopefully I can um, get them on my side. You came second in the uh, Goal of the Season award. Yeah, um, I'm very disappointed. Can you, <laughs> can you talk us through the goal, maybe get Luton's fans' uh, uh, juices flowing? Um, yeah, I think uh, it was the uh, Hemel Hempstead goal, the uh, FA 
FA Cup uh, game. I think um, I've been played through one on one with a keeper, and then um, I've I've seen him off his line, so I've gone for a little chip, and it's it's gone in. You know, um, I was I was a bit, I was expecting to win it, so I'm really upset. But <laughs> but uh, no, brilliant. Um, Nairon's got a uh, Maystone was a really good. It was a, a individual goal as well. So um, no, you know, um, I praise Nairon for his great goal. And. Uh this is the decision. You, I don't know if you've had to think about it yet already, but you'll have to soon. Are you going to be playing for England or Turkey? <laughs> um, no, I haven't thought about that. You know, I think um, whoever wants me, I'll play. You know, obviously. You could find like a Scottish grandmother. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That is it. So this evening you won the uh, Manager's Player of the Year yeah. and also Goal of the Season for the yeah. second year in a row. Tell us about the goal. Um, well, it's a um, difficult goal to score to be honest. Um, I was on the halfway line. Um, Kevin James passed the ball. Then from halfway line, I just saw a goal. Just started dribbling, driving, beating people, cutting, took a shot, end up top corner. Yeah. Is, what's the bigger honour, manager player of the year or the goal of the season? Uh, manager's player of the year, definitely, because it shows that he respects you as a player throughout the whole season. Just pick you to play for his team, so it's a big honour, definitely. Yeah. You won the goal of the year last year as well. Yeah. Which yeah. was the better goal, reckon, the two? Oh. <laughs> um, I would say the first one, the first one, yeah. What was the first one? Um, like 35 yards, just hit it, just went top corner, <laughs> so yeah, I'll say that one, yeah, definitely. Say if we've got any listeners that haven't seen Dulwich play, yeah. which uh, Premier League footballer would you compare yourself to? Ooh, um, or world football, if you have to go yeah, to La Liga anyone. to um, get a rack of passes. I don't know, definitely someone pacey in the Prem. Um, I don't know, Lennon, Navas, them sort of players, they like to beat their player, get a crossing. More goals though, innit? Yeah, more, more goals than <laughs> them more though. Productive. Yeah, yeah, more, more goals than them, but all in all, it's a player like them, with them attributes. We're joined by Erhan's brother and cousin. Uh, you've been watching Erhan at Dulwich for two years. We expected him to be the phenomenon that he was. Uh, <clears throat> we, we always knew he had high potential. Um, obviously, moving to England, from, from sort of a Turkish standard to an English standard, we didn't know how it was going to go. Uh, we are very pleased in how, how it has turned out and, you know, we can see a lot more potential. Uh, yeah, will you be going to as many Luton games? Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. We, we try to go to as many away games as, as we can and away games can sometimes be two hours themselves. So. You know, Luton's not going to be far off and we enjoy the long car journeys all together. It's, it's a good atmosphere, genuinely car, so I don't see why not. <laughs> and uh, Dulwich Hamlet will have a special place in your heart, do you think? Always, always. Uh, I only work down the road at um, Hart. So, oh, right. so, the old sponsors, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm a big, I'm a big Dulwich fan either way. <laughs> your heart's in Dulwich regardless. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> If you'd like to get in touch, send us an email, forwardthehamlet at gmail.com or tweet at forwardhamlet. Next up is Mishy, who swears three times, followed by Richard, who doesn't at all. How many seasons have you been going, Mishy? Um, a long time. Um, 40 years. And how does this one rank in those 40? In terms of entertainment, one of the best. In terms of support, best of my life. Yeah, what, what, uh, what's changed? We've got support, it's amazing. Um, people are coming out, not coming out of the woodwork, they're, they're freshly coming to the ground. And even towards the end, more and more people are coming. And it's just like a carnival atmosphere every game. Everyone's getting behind the team. People aren't interested in 
apart from a bit of joking, people are interested in telling the opposition they're rubbish or they've got no friends. It's all concentrates on back in the team. Marvellous new songs, which I don't understand. It takes me ages to learn because I haven't got a clue about pop music. But other than that, it's brilliant. Flags, everything. You said to me, uh, well, that someone else had said that 10 years ago, even five years ago, if you saw someone walking under Lordship Lane with a pink and blue scarf, you knew who they were, and that's not the case anymore. No, I mean, uh, Richard Watts coined, originally coined that phrase, and he's been going since the late 70s. And it's dead right. I mean, in the old days, well, say old days, only five, six, seven years ago, you knew everyone by name, or you knew who they were. And the only ones you didn't know, you'd recognise them. And everyone was old, or I mean, fairly old. And someone would die, and you'd say, oh, who was that? Oh, so-and-so died. You'd know him if you see him, but you would know him if you see him. Now, there's just loads and loads of people. The good thing about the season, actually, now you're thinking it through, is that I'm getting to know the new fans. I know I take the piss saying I'm an old school dinosaur and they're the nouveau, middle class, whatever, but it's, it's a wonderful fusion. And it's like, everyone doesn't give a fuck who everyone else is. We all mix together. And obviously I talk to some of them as the season goes on. But for me, the amazing thing was, because I, I, I work every other Saturday, so I miss a few games. And I come down here after a game to pick up my programme and they were all going up to the Whitsey, the cinema in Brixton. Now, I don't call myself political, I'm just an old school lefty, you know, I don't give myself labels, but there was at least 15 or 20 Dulwich fans that ended up in Brixton, and the Whitsley people loved it. Dulwich Hamlet on the streets on a political demonstration, it's superb. I knew most of the people there, but I didn't know who they, a lot of them, I didn't know who they were, and went to the pub after, and it was like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like, it was like a bonding thing, we got to know each other, and it was brilliant. You can't, you can't buy things like that. And for me, you're talking about, am I rubbing on too much? No, it's a brilliant machine, gold. <laughs> the, um, for example, as I say to people, I'm an old school fan. And an old school club, for example, is someone like Wealdstone, who won the league. They've got good support, they were a bit leery, they don't cause trouble. But if they're shit, they don't back down. And they're sort of like, in a non-racist way, old school Chelsea, because they're sort of West London, North West London, you know. And they'll back their team, all the old songs and all that. We went there, and a lot of clubs don't like Wheelstone because they, they've got reputation for causing trouble at quite a few places down the years, two or three times a year, like at Lewis or places. What happens is, they go there, locals turn up, they don't back down and they get the blame. I'm not saying they're innocent, but anyway, the point I'm making is, Wheelstone, as a support, they're the exact opposite of we are. They, I don't know they do call us names like students and what's that, hipster word or whatever. Now, I'll tell you what a hipster is, actually. I'm, I'm digressing, but a hipster. I mean, I'm, I'm not a nightclub person anyway, because I don't drink anyway. But there's that um, Ponzi place, my station, and what, Boosie Building or something. Yeah, and they all go there on a Saturday night. And they say, a hipster, with somebody goes, oh, Peckham, so edgy, we love it. And what they mean by edgy, the hundred yards from Peckham my station to the nightclub, they're shitting themselves. That's what they call edgy. But that's neither here nor there. What was I going on about? Wheelstone. And so they, they, they go on about our supporters. Like, you know, that's a bit weird. But when they come here, and when we went there, there was, it was like, there was almost an asexual mutual loving. Because they loved us and we loved them. And that shouldn't happen with Wheelstone. And to earn the respect of Wheelstone, that marks you or something. And we went down to Lewis, and we, we had over 200 down at Lewis. We completely outsung them and everything. They, they have their nice fancy match posters, like Robert does with ours, except theirs is done 
by a professional advertiser and a graphic designer is dangerous. Robert does it for fun. You know, they are the epitome of real middle class. We're us, we've just got some posh supporters who mix with working class supporters. But they are, they, they are, they are middle class on sea, like, you know. They're, they're the ones who go down to Cornwall on holiday. They would dream of a pre-season trip to Cornwall. We'd dream of going to somewhere like Germany to play our friends in Alterna. That's the difference. But the whole season was superb, if that's what you're asking. So I'm joined by Richard Watts, long-time yep. supporter. How long have you been coming, Richard? Uh, well, I've been coming down here for 36 years now. So uh, my, my first game was the last game of the 1977 season uh, when we were actually promoted as champions. So I jumped on the bandwagon then and I've stayed on it ever since. Uh, how does this season uh, rank among the... Uh 30-odd? Oh, it's been certainly among the best. The, the, the last two have been certainly the best two years out of the whole of that time. Uh, we were promoted as champions last season, um, which was fantastic. Um, part of the fact we won the league, the, the actual aesthetic quality of the football has been brilliant. The, 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 it's, it's great football to watch. We play teams off the pitch, score lots of goals, win most games. Uh, this season, I thought I'd been disappointed with less than halfway in a, being in a higher division for the first time in 13 years. Um, I thought I thought we could possibly finish between seventh and tenth. I thought best case scenario we might maybe have an outside chance of the playoffs and just miss out. Um, as it happens, we were top three for virtually the whole season, so to finish sixth after that was a slight disappointment, but only because we'd surpassed ourselves for, for most of the season. Unfortunately, we had a, a, a nightmare sequence of results in March when we only got three points from seven games in March. Right, the, the first game of the season, we were uh, home to Lowestoft Town, who I think were everyone's favourites to win the league because they've been the losing playoff finalists for the last three seasons. And the first few minutes of the game, they absolutely battered us. They were quite a physical Route 1 type of side. And uh, for a while, I thought, blimey, we're going to be in for a hard season if, if this is what the teams are like we're going to be up against. But the, like, they got a penalty after about five minutes. Our keeper saved it. And uh, we kind of got a foothold in the game and ended up taking the lead. Uh, we were on top by half-time, even though we had a man sent off for retaliation early in the second half. We really outplayed them with ten men. And I think having beaten a really strong side with ten men in the, on the opening day of the season, that must have given the team an enormous lift and also given them the, the self-belief to, to feel that they could really, really do well at this level. It just snowballed from there. We were unbeaten in our first six games, uh, and we lost a couple. Then we had a, uh, a sequence of six consecutive league wins. So suddenly we got, um, I think, it was 32 points from the first 14 games. So I mean that equates to championship winning form. So I think that probably gave the, the players the belief that they could just go out there and play the way they want to without having to be negative or, or defend too much. Um, I, I know our manager Gavin Rose, he, he kind of encourages the players to play a passing game and um, people don't get, uh, if, if people lose the ball, as long as they're trying to play the right way, they don't get hammered for making uh, mistakes, they're encouraged to play attractive football, it's great to watch. 
our level of support has snowballed over the course of the season. We were getting crowds of about 500 for the first few Saturday games, and by the spring we're getting sort of seven, eight hundred. We had nearly fourteen hundred for the very last game. Uh, there seems to be a word of mouth thing where I, I think we've got a, a niche market in in inner London and specifically South London for people who just want to go to a football match and have a, a bit of a laugh where winning isn't necessarily the be all and end all. You don't get hassle with stewarding and having to sit in one seat. Um, I mean, if you think about it, Inner London has six Premier League clubs, plus this season QPR, Charlton, Millwall, Lake Norrin. We're the next biggest club in Inner London after that. And I think we've attracted a lot of disillusioned supporters of league clubs uh, and also people who've moved to London from the rest of the country who are too far from home to follow their hometown club. And um, it, 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 it just seems to be a... We've pulled in a diverse range of people who just enjoy the match day atmosphere. So um, it, 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 the, the story of the season for me is twofold, really. It's, first of all, we've had a successful season results-wise, but the, the other great thing is a, a long-standing supporter, and I'm sure other people will tell you the same thing, it's, it's, it's the way we've, we've attracted additional support and become uh, not just a successful club on the pitch, but a, a much bigger club in terms of of our supporter base. Um, Gavin Rose, the current manager, is, this is his fifth full season and no other Dulles manager has ever done five full seasons. So he's now the longest serving manager we've ever had. He's still only 37 years of age. Hopefully he'll be here for a few more years yet. Um, when he first came here five years ago, if I saw anyone wearing a Dulwich replica shirt outside of the ground, I'd probably know their name and I'd at least recognise their face. Whereas now, you go in pubs two or three miles away, you get on buses and trains, you see people in Dulwich scarves, shirts, and I don't recall ever seeing them before. The, the, the whole club has grown enormously over the, certainly over five years, but even even more over the last two seasons. Every season for the last five years, the average attendance has gone up. Five years ago, we were down to 180, which was the probably the lowest on record, and it's gone up 180, 225, 330, nearly 500. This season, nearly 700. It's, um, it keeps growing with this, well, I suppose it, it's got to end somewhere, but uh, the to me the story of the season is that the, not just the great football that we've been watching and the results, it's been the growth of the whole club. Uh, Hannes Tumor is going to Luton, uh, yes. been there for two years and has been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, how does he rank among the great Dulwich players? Um, of the last 30 to 40 years, uh, probably one of the two, three or four most charismatic players we've had. Um, we had a guy, Peter Garland, who was an ex-pro, played for Carshaw, uh, played for Charlton Athletic. Um, his claim to fame was that he'd been, uh, he was a pro young pro at Tottenham, and he was Kevin Keegan's first signing as a manager when he moved from Tottenham to Newcastle for 35,000. Uh, he was a terrific player. Um, I simply recall Kevin Keegan wrote in his autobiography, he would never have signed him if he'd realised how unfit he was. 
He was he was like one of the seventies mavericks who won two or three England caps, and everyone says, "Oh, they should have played dozens of England games under Alf Ramsey and Don Revy." People like Rodney Marsh, Frank Worthington, Tony Curry. He was like a throwback to that sort of era of creative attacking midfield play, and he was a great player to watch and a real crowd pleaser. Uh, we had a, another guy in the 90s, Joe Odibami, who was a former Nigeria international, and um, he was an unbelievable player, um, and, uh, and probably ranks along those two, um, and probably alongside Ozzie Bayram, who was a forward we had in a, the 70s and early 80s, he was a, a local guy we picked up from Sunday League football, and he was a legendary player for the club for about five or six seasons, but um, uh, and certainly ranks alongside those players. It's the, the outstanding thing for me with him is his consistency and attitude. He's not he's not someone who kind of turns it on occasionally and then half the time you think, oh, if only he could play at his best all the time. He's more or less on top of his game week in, week out. Um, obviously the, the thing people notice about him is his small size but for me that's no handicap whatsoever I, I don't think he seems to get bullied or intimidated he seems quite strong and resilient and uh, I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to play successfully at a higher level I, I fully expect and hope to see her and, um, making a big impression in the Football League for Luton next season It's important that you tell other people about Ford the Hamlet on the internet and in real life. Lean over to the person next to you at the next home match and explain what a podcast is and how to get this one. We'll be fortnightly every other Tuesday in the 2014-15 season. So subscribe on iTunes or visit forwardthehamlet.com. Andy Thomas is a football writer and a regular at Champion Hill. Here are his thoughts on some of Dulwich's players' seasons. So, up front, Harry Ottaway, officially the most attractive man in the entire of the Ryman division. He has um, cheekbones like cheese wire. He is also quite good at football, which helps. Uh, and then he broke his leg last season, and we didn't get to see him hardly at all. So, next season, he is going to be equally beautiful, but significantly more present in the team. He will score more goals. He um, will hopefully, the overhead kicks will start going in rather than just past the post, and uh, everybody will be happy. Erhun Ostuma, obviously the, um, the the great departed divinity at the heart of the team. Uh, he is, by some distance, the um, greatest player I've ever seen in the flesh, and I, I've seen Wes Brown. Uh, he is um, no longer with Dulwich, obviously he's gone to Peterborough, we all wish him the very best. Uh, should he ever want to come back for any reason, just to drop in, more than welcome. We can take in turns to carry him on our shoulders around the pitch. And, uh, yeah, hopefully... In the future, 10-15 years time, we'll come back down, he'll uh, lead us some more glories in a kind of slightly slower, slightly older, slightly more venerable kind of way. I have a long-running theory that uh, wingers are the most, um, officially the most exciting position on the pitch because it's basically, you have to be quick, you have to be tricky, and you spend your entire time humiliating whoever you're up against. So it's essentially it's the playground, which is where everyone learns to play their football, transplanted onto the pitch. And obviously there isn't much space for proper wingers in top flight football anymore because they all have to stand on the opposite side and cut in and play sensible football. But Nairon Clunis is a proper winger because he's quick, because he makes the opposition look absolutely stupid. He's got really good feet and occasionally he uh, completely forgets to pass the ball. And that is exactly what you want from your white men. Phil Wilson is um, uh, something of a mystery because he stands at the opposite end of the pitch and so he's only ever a couple of inches tall. 
um, which is short for a goalkeeper, but he seems to do all right. The uh, the best evidence for Phil Wilson being being brilliant is that what happened to the, to, the, to the team when he uh, when he got injured last season because um, you know, there were three or four three or four backup goalkeepers, all of whom came in and all of whom were different kinds of dubious. One of whom gave away a free kick for holding onto the ball too long, which is not something I've ever seen before. Um, and yeah, and then he came back and he was a couple of inches tall and brilliant again. And then there's Kevin James, who is um, one of those coaches who is always coaching even when he's playing. So on the pitch, if he passes you the ball, he'll then shout at you what you should have done with it. If you do with it, he'll shout at you anyway. If he takes a free kick, he'll shout at himself. If he goes in, he'll shout at everybody. If he scores, he'll shout at the entire uh, the entire crowd. And um, this is presumably a good thing because it seems to make him play better and everybody else play better. So um, as a kind of exercise in focused anger, he is... Um, exactly what he wants at the heart of the pitch because he stops everyone else getting complacent and he reminds everybody that ultimately we're all you know, going to die when the universe melts. Andy is currently writing a review of the last Premier League season co-authored with Alexander Neverton which will be available from Ockley Books at some point during the pre-season. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andy with an I underscore Thomas and read all his football writing on sbnation.com slash soccer. Thanks for listening. Remember, do share the show. I'm Jack McEnroy, the second co-host of South London Hardcore, a weekly podcast about all things Transpontine, which you can get from iTunes and southlondonhardcore.com. I'm on Twitter, at Yids. That's it for the first four of the Hamlet podcast. I'll leave you with a short anecdote from the end of season awards. Jack Payne, the Dulles chairman, gave a long and impassioned speech about the change in ownership uh, in the middle of last season and stressed the importance of uh, securing the long-term future of the club. At the end of his rousing speech, everyone was applauding and a guy standing next to me, who I think was a friend to some of the players, said, he takes this football club to heart, rude boy. Forward the Hamlet, we take this football club to heart, rude boy. Forward the Hamlet is on the Holdfast Network.